And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. This past Tuesday, while I was here, uh, having my quiet time, you know, there is so much material to teach from the Word of God. Amen? I like teaching the Word of God line upon line, precept upon precept. Amen? We take a chapter, we take a verse, mm -hmm, and we walk down. But it's always good to ask God for his direction. Amen. The reason why I love taking a chapter and a verse and walk down is because it's easy. <laughs> Amen. I have a curriculum. Praise the Lord. But as I said, sometimes we need to stop and ask the Lord, what's your will? What is your will? So while I was there meditating, the Lord placed on my heart the need to begin a new series of sermon, listen, called Financial Stewardship. Financial, you know, I, I, I'm at first, I'll be honest with you, since I hesitated to go along with what I knew the Lord laid on my heart until the Lord confirmed it yesterday morning during the men's ministry. Every first Saturday of the month we usually meet and while I was there, the men were speaking, the Lord said to me, this is why I told you, you've been hesitating. This is why I told you to teach on financial stewardship. And of course, you know, uh, it's a teaching that has been abused. Let me say that again. We all are aware of that. Financial stewardship is a teaching that has been abused. So that is why I hesitated. It makes people feel uncomfortable sometimes. Can you say uncomfortable? uncomfortable. Amen. But brothers and sisters, I, I, I believe this is our time for breakthrough. Amen. And we have a part to play. And so God would want us to know the truth. Amen. And so while I was gathering, gathering all the information for the sermon series, it became clear to me, in all my years of preaching, honestly, all my years, I've been preaching for a long time. I've only preached three sermons on financial stewardship. Only three sermons. You know why? Let me tell you. Because I was afraid. I was afraid people leave the church. You hear me? I'm being, I'm being very transparent. I was afraid people leave the church. I wanted people to stay. You know what I found out? They left anyhow. <laughs> and so since I'm going for well done, thou good and faithful servant, I, amen, I've resolved to preach the entire counsel of God. Amen? Since look, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse... 10. You got it? 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10 reads, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Christians, you and I, we have to appear where? Before the judgment seat of, of Christ. L look, you and your boo will not be before Christ. It'll be you. Only by yourself. I have an exhibit. We got, we got the verse? Yes. For we must all appear. Who must appear? All. all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And here is why. That everyone may receive the things done in his body. The things, the works. You and I have to give an account for how we used the 24 hours God gave us. 
Uh huh. There it is in his body, according to that which he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Nobody is going to miss that day. Everybody is going to line up at the judgment seat of Christ. I have an exhibit. Can you bring our first exhibit? Let me show you where we are all going to end up. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We are all going to end up here at the judgment seat of Christ. One by one. And God is going to ask you, like he asked the servant whom he gave one talent, what did you do with the resources I gave you? And you may say, Lord, which resources? He'll say your time. You'll say, Lord, which resources? He'll say your money. Uh-huh. Which resources? And he'll go down the line. Your talents, you got gifts, the gifts of help. You refuse to help in the church. Tell me why. Well, well, well. And since I'm going to be kneeling there, giving an account, and God said, Son, did you teach my entire counsel? Uh-uh. I want to say, Yes, my Lord. So, I'm no longer afraid to teach the entire counsel of God. I have a next exhibit because I want you to see what's going to happen. Right here, we are all going to be. You see the books are opened on either side, the scrolls. The Bible calls scrolls books. They are being recorded. Let me show you what the Bible says. Revelation, don't turn, don't, don't go there, I'll just read it. Read it. Revelation 20 verse 12 reads, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. A recording is being done as to how you and I live our day. What we do with our resources. Since all souls belong to the Lord. And so since I carry these images in my heart, it freed me from fear of humans. <laughs> Anybody going for well done, thou good and faithful servant? Yeah. Amen. Amen. So since I'm going to stand before the Lord, I have resolved to teach the entire counsel of God. So when the books are opened, I wouldn't be ashamed. Amen. You know, and the timing of this sermon is so appropriate because we're in the eighth, eighth month. Amen. And uh, I had on Wednesday, I share what number eight means. Can you bring up the exhibit, please? On Wednesday, you know, eight is the number. It represents new beginnings. It means new order, a new creation. I believe God has something new for us for the next five months of this year. I really believe in my spirit. Amen. Glory be to God. How many of you are ready to reap where you have sown? Amen. This is my season for grace and favor. It's my season to reap. How many of you have been sowing for a little while? You've been sowing and sowing and sowing and sowing. This is your season for favor. Oh, glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. And so, I strongly believe that God wants us to th start this new season. Amen? Teaching on financial stewardship. Our time of abundance is here, saints. I, really, in all my, I believe that in all my soul, 
I know a lot of uh, minister friends, unfortunately, who do not teach on financial stewardship because they are misunderstood when they do. People question their motive. Amen? Question their motive. Although it's in the Bible, it's everywhere in the Bible. Did you know that the Bible, in the Bible, God, God talks about baptism in 40 verses? Listen, I, I'm surprised I didn't put this as an exhibit, but I'll read it for you. In the Bible, God talks about baptism in 40 verses. He talks about prayer in 275 verses. He talks about faith in 350 verses. He talks about love in 650 verses. He talks about finances, material possessions, and wealth in 2,350 verses. You think about that. Now, if it were you, if you were to be a, an honest representative of God's word, communicating the truth, wouldn't you want to teach the entire counsel of God? This is our text. I introduced our text. There was a group of people in uh, Macedonia. And I want to talk to you from my heart about them today. It's part of my prayer for this church. Every day I go on my knees and I pray for every one of you. This is part of my prayer. Can you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8? No, I have it as an exhibit. Can you bring it up? Because it's in the New Living Translation. I want us to read it as it is in the New Living Translation. The King James Version is a little bit cumbersome. It, I have it as an exhibit. Can you bring it up? 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Chapter 8. And let's look at verse. It's right here. It's in the New Living Translation. So I'm going to read it for you in the New Living Translation. Is that all right? Amen. It says here, Now I want you to know, their brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles. Listen, the church in Macedonia, he's giving us the condition of the church in Macedonia. He said the church members... Amen. The churches in Macedonia, they were tested by many troubles. Number one. Two, they were very poor. That doesn't sound good. He continues. But, you see the but? Yeah. But, they are also filled with what? Abundant joy. Which has overflowed into what? Oh, hold on, hold on. Were they a rich church? The Bible does tell us that they were, they were what? Tested by many troubles. And they were what? Very poor. But they are also filled with abundance of joy. Which has overflowed into rich generosity. Wow. It continues... Paul said, not only that I can testify, for I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, uh -oh, but far more. Were they rich or poor? Some of you can't even say it. They were what? Very poor. Because it's against the norm. When you're poor, people think you're not supposed to give. <laughs> but to be honest with you, brothers and sisters, You've never seen, some of you have never seen poverty. You've not traveled to a third world country to see poverty. What, what we have here is nothing. I heard somebody, a friend of mine is complaining. 
about the United States and so on and so forth. And I said, my friend, if I drop you one from in two weeks, you'll be hollering to come back. I give you two weeks. Yeah. So that's why we have to give God thanks and praise. The verse, let me move with the verse. It says, Paul said, I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but what? Far more. And they did it out of their own free will. Did anybody force them to do it? They did it from their what? Own free will. And it continues. He said, they begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. Wow. And they continued. They even did it more than we had hoped. And here is why. Here is why giving is a powerful thing. I'm going to show you. It says here, for the, for the reason they were able to do that is because their, their first action was to give themselves over to whom? They were able to give out of their poverty above what they were requested to give. Because they first gave their hearts to the Lord. Tell somebody they were in love with Jesus. They were what? In love with Jesus. By the way, let me, let me tell you this right here. I was listening to some preachers who spoke about giving. And they said most times when they start speaking about giving, people walk out. Because they feel uncomfortable. So if you walk out, we know it's you. <laughs> one pastor said you know he said when he began talking about giving all of a sudden uh, people's their facial expression change all of a sudden it's like they got they took a bad smell <laughs> yeah I'm just telling you these men when they stand before the congregation they see everything because you see we keep saying I love the Lord what do we say? I love the Lord. Jesus said in John 14, 15, If you love me, keep my commandment. Stop being hypocritical. Because giving is a condition of the heart. Giving is what? A condition of the heart. So with all the love, we love the Lord. It's supposed to show up somewhere. Since is it the Bible or the Bible? And I was reading, he said, he said, he said, son, I have stood before the congregation. He said to me, do you know that 95% of our members, church members are bound? And he said, not only bound, but they are oppressed by the devil. They cannot be possessed, but they are oppressed by the devil. Let me say that again. They cannot be possessed, but they are what? Oppressed by the devil. And since I, I want you to hear my heart, I'm not teaching this right here because... Um, I have a motive, no. I want to stand before God, amen, with a clear conscience and say, Lord, I did teach on power, on faith, amen. but I did teach on financial stewardship because Jesus thought about it. Amen. 
one pastor went to, one pastor he was joking he said he said Emmanuel I was we stood we were having offering and I moved forward and it seems like some of the congregants their eyes were turning yellow like they had jaundice that's how giving makes people feel uncomfortable and if giving makes you feel that uncomfortable you have to check your heart Let me share this with you. I just told you the books have been, recordings have been made. I'm going to put it forward to you. You cannot let, for the next five months, your bi-weekly payments, you cannot allow it to be written. Did he or she tithe? No. For some of you, for the last 52 weeks, the recording heaven was, did he or she tithe? No. And you and I, be, we better be very careful. I am not scaring anybody. But I'm telling you, because I live with these pictures in my mind, one day you're going to stand before God. And God is going to ask you. Because you see the thing is, you know in your heart, you should do it. You know how I know? Because I knew when I was not doing it. I knew the utilities didn't pay by angels and raining money down here. I knew just like every month my bills come, the house of God has bills. Amen. And I played these games for a while. That is why I have had numerous ministers came to me and said, Pastor, I want to be part of the, the, uh, the ministry here. I want to be part of the preaching and so on. And I said, yes, we have four things. One, you have to attend the services regularly. Mm -hmm. You have to be there on Wednesday evenings. You have to be there on Sunday mornings at nine o'clock. Amen. If you're a leader, you're leader in front. Right? Isn't that right? Nine to pray at 9.15. If you're a leader, you're leader up front. And I said, you must have a good reputation among the saints. You cannot be, amen, causing havoc in the church. And the last thing is you must tithe. You must honor God. And this is why, this is why, this is why it was in place in the church's bylaws. When this church started, we had an overseer. And we still do. And um, he said to me, Emmanuel, I asked him to come and ordain our first ordination. And he said, I'm coming to ordain these ministers. But he said, Pastor, please do not let me lay my hands on a preaching thief. Listen, so I, I took offense because I knew some of my, I had some minister friends. They knew us. They knew me. I, grew, I went to school with them. Do you know? Do you know the most difficult people potentially you can lead are those who know you real well? You'd agree? Because they know you. They know your shortcomings. They, they know so they have no respect for you. Let me share with you brothers and sisters. I have a lot of respect for people who know one another and still respect them. Because of the calling on their lives. And so when he said that to me, he said, do not let me lay my hands on a preaching thief. I said, I said, come on. I said, should that be a requirement? And he said, son, I'm over 35 churches. And I'm telling you, over every church, anytime I go somewhere, I tell the pastor the same thing. He said, you are the 36th preacher. I'm telling, do not lay my hands. Do not let me lay my hands on a preaching thief. And I took offense. He said, stretch your hand. I stretched my hands and he shook. He said, I'm going to come. And he said, am I? He watched me. He said, they are going to leave or tithe. And I said, okay, let's, because I wanted to keep my friends. 
you, you, you. I was afraid they leave. I'm just being honest with you, saints. Here am I fighting God just to keep friends who left. You hear me? And he said, listen to me. He said, I'm coming. Two weeks before, I'm happy. Because he said he's coming and they have left. Two weeks before, one of them came to me and said, Pastor, you know this, you, do you know this I'm not tithing? I hadn't asked them no question. They said, I said, yes, I noticed that. I, hadn't, I didn't notice because I don't look at this. I don't look at, I'm not looking at who give, who doesn't give. I'm going to start at the end of the year. Yeah, I'm going to start. Because one leader said to me, you have to inspect what you expect. Well, well, anyhow. And so, hear me, hear me carefully. He said, he said, so he came to me, he said, Pastor, you know, I, I don't tithe. I said, I, I, I said, you do not. And I said, why? And I sent my tithe to my brother in Miami. He needs it. And so the Holy Spirit said to me, ask her if your brother's house is the house of the Lord. So I asked, is your brother's house the house of the Lord? He said, well, no, no, no. I said, what the Bible says in Malachi chapter and bringing all the tithe in the storehouse. I said, is your brother's house the storehouse? Well, you know, but, you know, I, I think he needs it and left. I came right here and the tears began to flow from my eyes because I told the man of God, let's bet that they're going to stay. The next week, the other one came to me and said, you know, I know. I've been here, but the requirement to be a minister is so that I don't think I can make it. Left. Two of them. Because the preacher said to me, I will not lay my hands on a preaching faith. And I doubted him. Now, I lost him, Doc. Because he said, you preferred your friends over God's word. He said, when you are mature, and you can stand with God, whether... Men or women come or go, then you'll be ready. From that time, we put it in the church's bylaws that any preacher here must honor God. That is why I can teach this with authority. I know and we have experience. And, and of course, you, you, <laughs> you hear my heart, amen? I'm not telling you that for you to feel any way. I'm sharing you some experience. This is an introduction to what we're going to talk about. There's a lot of good stuff that's coming up. But I want you to see and understand that God has a system. The love reciprocity. Earlier on I said that we always say we love the Lord. How many of you spend on people you love? You spend on people you love, right? Whether or not you are married to them, you spend on them. And I told you in John 14, can you go to John 14, 15? Let's take a look at it quickly. John 14, 15. Because I want to ensure, brothers and sisters, that you understand that nobody's after your money. But as a member of the body of Christ, you and I have a responsibility. A responsibility. I want to thank God. Look, look hear me. I want to thank God for those of you who honor God with your tithe and offering in this church. I have never said it before, but I want to, I, listen, listen, hear me. I can count on my hands the amount of people in this church who tithe and honor God. I'm talking about on my hands. They are the ones responsible for this air condition we are enjoying. They are the ones who are responsible for the utilities being turned on. 
They are the ones responsible for the mortgage of this building being paid. They are the ones responsible for the chairs we are sitting on. Are you with me, saints? Can you say truth time? What did John 14, 15 says? If you love me, do what? Let us see a few of his commandments. Can you go to Luke, Luke chapter 6, verse 38? If you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus said that since you love him, let us read one of his commandments. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. What did Luke 6, 38 say? It says, Give, and it shall be given. Do what? Give, and it shall be given. How is it going to be given? A good measure. Press down. Shaken together. And running over shall men and women give into your bosom. Here it comes. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. It is a command with an attached promise. Let us look at another promise quickly before... I move on to the next section. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9. Since we love him, let's look at his commandments so we can keep his commandments. Amen. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9. Uh-huh. It says, honor the Lord with your substance. Substance here means all your sources of income. All your gigs. In addition to your salary, all your hustles. Can you say side hustles? <laughs> because you know, we have a way of saying, well, that's not my income. That's not my salary. You know, it's part time. <laughs> and with what? The f you see, earlier, and with the first fruit. You, <laughs> you see, first fruits mean tithe. Uh huh substance and first roots of all your what increase yes all of it amen ever wherever you get an increase as a testimony to ensure that i do that my wife and i we hold ourselves accountable to give we ensure we give elder torian our tithe right elder that is my accountability we ensure we give him our tithe so he can he that's why he brings it up to me Elder is the only one who knows how much we give. Once, Elder came to me, he said, Pastor, you just gave this amount last week. Elder Torian, you're giving this amount again? Elder, am I talking the truth? It's because we want to live by examples. So if anybody says anything, there is somebody in the church who can say, no, 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 no. No, no, no. He lives what he teaches. Oh yes, sorry, Dig has an eye on that too. That's correct. And Elder Bello. Amen? So they all see. as a Because it, it's, you, you, you cannot be teaching something and not living it. You're a hypocrite. <laughs> Since take no offense, I'm just talking the truth. And although I seem passionate, I can tell you it's because I have experienced the blessing of the Lord. Over and over and over again. You, I, I, since I'll be honest with you, I think many of us are missing out on these particular opportunities. Amen? We are missing out. I think that there are people here who don't even, they don't even wait to bring the tithe. They catch up it. 
There is one person who doesn't, she, she, does, she doesn't, she, she has, she, it comes out directly from a salary to the church's account. Because she is afraid that it comes in her hands and she uses it. So she said, Pastor, I want to be straight with God. What is the church's account number? I said, hold on, why are you asking? <laughs> <laughs> and when she gave me the good news, I volunteered the account. Amen. <laughs> with much joy. Amen. So I want you all, I want you all to see what I'm talking. The Bible is supporting what we are talking about today. Amen. There is a there was a church. The church in Jerusalem were experiencing some hard times. The church in Jerusalem was the church who gave the world the gospel. You would agree that Jews gave us the gospel. And they ran on hard times. And so it was on Paul's heart. And he moved from city to city. From church to church. Collecting money. For the saints in Jerusalem. Now he's in Corinth. And he's telling the saints in Corinth. Let me tell you what the Macedonians did. So you can emulate. What they did. They were not rich like you all. You know Corinth was rich. There was a term used back then. Uh, um, it was called. I'm going to Corinthianize. It was like saying, what stays in Vegas? What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. That, that, that's what it's, 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 it's synonymous to that term. I'm going to Corinthianize means what's, what took place in Vegas? So they think. <laughs> so they were rich and Paul said, don't let a poor church I'll give you. You can do much better than that. And he said the reason they were able to do that is because they first gave their heart to the Lord. Every time I come here, I pray that this church would give their heart to the Lord. Not for money, but then serving God will be easy. You don't have to call and tug and pull on people. When you, when you give your heart to the Lord, it changes the story that is circulating in your mind. It's no longer me, me, me and myself. It changes your perspective. Amen. You know God has you. And it's going to be alright. Because God promised when you do, he'll reward with a good measure. Can you say good measure? Press down. Shaking together. Running over. Will men and women point to your bosom? Let me give you the last statistic here. Let me give you the last statistic. And I really want you to listen to this right here. Because I did a study on giving from Relevant, ma Relevant Magazine. It's a Christian magazine. And they said this about tithing. I was, I was just, I was blown away when I saw it. They said, according to a recent study, I think that study was done in 20, in about 2018, 2019. They said about that time, only 10 to about 20, 10 to about 20 percent of the church gave. They said today it has dropped precipitously. It's more like 5 to 10 percent of the, of the members in the church giving. They said especially after COVID. Can I tell you what happened after COVID? What happened after COVID was that the devil took advantage of those of us who were ignorant. What most of us did, we decided to stay home. And so since we were very uncomfortable with giving anyhow, 
we just chose not to congregate and we decide to call ourselves the church not realizing when the bible says we are the church is not referring to individuals it's referring to a body of people nowhere in the bible is the church mentioned as one person for that matter that word here for church is temple temple and it's referring to the holy of holies not <laughs> i think i'm going to write a booklet on that when the bible says that we are that that we are we are the temple of the god you know the bible never said we are the church never the bible says we are the temple and the temple is the inner holy of holies where god resided god moved out and he's in us now nowhere is one individual called the church and so the devil begin to take advantage of that and so what you have now you have one person here who's a minister he has one person in philadelphia two people in two people in Lake, five people in jacksonville now they meet online on sunday mornings and they call that a church a body moves together your body is all together in one place your leg is not in jacksonville your head is not in Lake. And you know, people know that, but they still play games. And what they're doing, they're hurting the body of Christ. Jesus started the church. This is his The church is Jesus' initiative. And the only source of sustenance he left to take care of his church is giving. Tithing. And many of us are hurting the church. The devil has taken advantage of us. And so we sit at the house. Many people still at home. One of the reasons why is because they don't want to humble themselves. And honor God with their tithe and offering. They prefer hide at the house. Talking about enjoying church. The devil is a liar. Now can I read my statistic? It says here. According to a recent study reported. In relevant magazine. Only about 5 to 10% of the church gives. They said, if the, the same report concluded, concluded that if, the same report concluded that if 90% of American Christians begin to regularly tithe, this is the result. 5 to 10% give. The rest give an offering. Can you say an offering? An offering. <laughs> It says if the remaining 90 to 95 percent of the body of believers give you see that w2 you get you see there is a net and a gross they said if you just give from the net not even the gross because that's what you're supposed to give all the gross uncle sam doesn't trust you so he took he takes this up front this is what they said would happen if everybody honor god it says listen Global hunger, starvation, death from incurable disease would be relieved in five years. Listen, listen. The world's water and sanitation issues would be solved. All overseas missions work would be fully funded. All churches' bills would be, pay, would be paid and they would be able to hire three or four workers. We've been trying to hire one part-time person for the last ten years. I have to do everything. I have to preach. I have to do the accounting. Mm -hmm. What else do I have to do? 
and still do real estate part-time. I'm just telling you the truth, things. You know how you feel when you come from work and you see that your house, you are so tired. Think about that. You are so tired, you just want to relax with your family. I have one more statistic. Let me tell you what God showed me. I had never seen that. God said to me, many people want pastors to be bivocational. But Jesus refused. Jesus quit the furniture industry because it was too much for him. He quit his job and went into full-time ministry. I'd never seen that. And he depended on three women to support him. Money didn't flow from heaven and fall on Jesus. Because God wanted his people blessed. So he let. Are you getting what I'm saying? I had never seen that in the Bible. Because here you know, I said, man, I got to be by vocational, but I haven't got time to spend with my wife and my son. And God said to me, Jesus. Quit. He said, not only did Jesus, all the 12 disciples quit. Since is that the Bible or the Bible? I, would, I didn't see that. God showed that to me. And he said, son, I need you to trust me. Trust me to provide. <laughs> yeah, all of them out there talking. Preachers supposed to do this. Preachers supposed to do that until they stand. The Bible, this is what the Bible says. The Bible says, the elders that rule well amongst you, those who labor, labor in the world. Let me share with you. It takes time to get revelation knowledge from this written word. It takes sitting with God and stand. It, it's called grinding in the spirit. To get revelation knowledge, fresh bread from heaven. Moses went in the presence of God. Moses told God to come up. Sorry, God told Moses come up on the mountain. And the man came and sat in the presence of God. Seven days, nothing. How you sit in God's presence 24 hours by seven and he says nothing to you? I thought you said to come up so we can talk. And here is why. It takes some time to unplug from this world. To get alone with God. You got to grind in the spirit. I... And God said that type of laboring. You cannot be bivocational to do that. <laughs> I'm talking about revelation knowledge. Now you can put one or two things together Sunday night, you know. A little salad, but no stick. No stick. Oh. And I, I didn't see that in the Bible. God showed that to me because everybody's talking about. And I said, God, by vocation, I said, God, I don't even have time to spend with my wife and my son. And by God said to me, Don't you worry, these people, you're crazy. And He opened my eyes. Well, let me read the rest of the statistic. I have to <laughs> before we go for communion. <laughs> Said that the world's water sanitation issues would be solved. All overseas missions would be fully funded. And here's the, here the kicker. More than a billion dollars a year would be left over for additional ministry. If 90 to 95% of all Christians would honor God. 
and trust God, this would be the result. We would take over the world. But you know what we've allowed? We've allowed men and women who've misused money. So we hear about such and such has an aircraft or two planes or five planes. I had somebody said to me, well, Kenneth, this had uh, two planes. I said, do you see me have two planes? I said, do you see me have five cars? Mm-hmm. I said, wait until I have five planes for you to stop giving. But you haven't even started. It's, it's, you see, it's a game. But let me tell you, when you stand before God, when you kneel before God, one thing will be going through your mind. Why didn't I use my resources to advance the kingdom of God? That's all you'll be, you won't be thinking of your mother, your father, your boy, you won't be thinking of nothing. But why didn't I? Why didn't, why didn't somebody tell me? Why didn't I listen to Pastor Emmanuel when he said to use your resources to advance the kingdom of God? Since we can take over the world if we honor God. And our churches can begin to prosper. Mm -hmm. Hire good people. Amen. Who can take time to do God's work, God's word, God's work elegantly and not just rush. Amen. So Jesus can be magnified and the devil horrified. Is that all right? I'm going to stop here today. I said it's a series. I just introduced the series. Amen. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.